We kicked things off last NYA with a new series that we're doing called Modern Romance. And Daniel Markin kicked that off talking about dating. And I, I like to think, though, that I really kicked it off with setting Daniel up on an arranged date. And if I were to be totally honest, I was hoping that I was hearing wedding bells and that, 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 I, that, uh, that this would lead someplace. Um, it didn't, but that's okay. Because as Daniel talked about last time, dating is a fun thing to do, uh, that you hang out, get to know another person for the purpose of marriage, and sometimes it leads there, and sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay. And tonight, as we continue in this topic of modern romance, we're going to be looking at what happens when you do begin to date, and it does lead to marriage. And we want to talk about this idea of marriage. And specifically, as we get into that tonight, I know some of you are like, man, I don't know if this has anything to do with me because I'm not married. So like, why am I here tonight? That's okay. Just relax. Because what I want to talk about tonight is the, the type of husband, the type of wife that you want to be. And this is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, because this summer, a whole bunch of you got married and I was officiating it, so I've been doing weddings all summer long, so that's all I've been thinking about is weddings and marriage, and so I, I've been primed to come and to speak about this. And one of the things that, that I love about the weddings that I had uh, the privilege of doing this summer uh, was getting to, to know this couple, and honestly, you know, many of you I know, but, but when you begin to walk with this couple through the marriage process, you get to learn about how they start dating, you know, uh, how they got engaged. You get to meet their family. And, and then you, you walk with them to this place where you're standing in front of all of their friends and family. And, and, and you're there before God Almighty as they vow to one another this covenant of marriage. And one of the things that's interesting in modern marriage has been this trend that's been going for a while where we write vows to one another. And I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this as, as we've uh, uh, had the, these weddings this summer. And I, I just want to show some of the weddings that, that we had. Uh, one of them was, uh, was uh, John uh, Mulder and Carrie. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what happened with my selfie for that one, so I don't have that one. But I, I do have this one. Uh, this is, uh, oh, wait, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? So that's my wife. Okay, so I'll talk about that real quick. As I was harassing Daniel about sending him off on a date, uh, Daniel took it upon himself to talk to my kids, if you saw that video, to figure out what kind of date to send me on. Now, thankfully, my kids wanted to send me to the dump uh, or, and, and thought Wendy's was too expensive and that my favorite meal was raw carrots. So thankfully, that date didn't happen. Uh, but this is my wife, Nancy, and this was us last night on our date at the church's concert at the Commodore, which was rad. And uh, Daniel sent us off to a fantastic taco restaurant uh, to, to eat some great tacos and then go get some great coffee. Now, I got to say this, Daniel, bless you, brother. He, sends, he gives me this letter, okay? And he says, open this in the car on your way to the, the taco shop in Vancouver, and, uh, and we open this up, and so he's got these different questions for us to ask each other. And, okay, and, and Daniel, you know, in his infinite wisdom, <laughs> question, 
Uh, how did I make you angry this last year? <laughs> you remember that one, Daniel? Yeah, I'm like, oh, great, right? Because Nancy's like, I've been wanting to talk to you about that, right? Okay, so she had, she's like, she goes, so honestly, she says, well, honestly, Andy, she says, you've been leaving a lot of stuff on the floor lately. <laughs> like, great. So thanks, Daniel. What a blessing you are, man. What a blessing. So we, we went to the, uh, the church's concert. We went out for dinner, and we had a great night. And I got, actually, I'm going to say something that, that has really surprised me with this whole arranged date thing. There was something really cool about somebody just giving you a letter. He gave me like four letters and just said, open these at various stages. And to have somebody plan a date for you is really cool. Because as you go out for dinner, if it sucks, which it didn't, by the way, I recommend the Baja taco. Uh, (laughs) If it sucks, then you can both complain about it. And it's not like you're offending the other person. And you kind of feel like you're on this adventure together. And at the end of the day, if you hate anybody with regards to it, it's Daniel. So... (laughs) It was a great, it was great, great. Give him a hand, Daniel, Margaret, please. Okay, so that was, that was, my, that was my date. Uh, so back to weddings. Okay, so, so go to, oh, forgot, I forgot about that one too. So that wedding uh, took place 17 years ago. Come on. Nancy and I have been married for 17 years, and I'm going to come to that in a moment, but it's interesting when you are first married, right, and you're making these vows to one another, this is where we were, and hopefully the next photo is the one I think it is, uh, uh, you know, it's, so it's interesting, we're going to get to this in a moment, that here I am 17 years down that road, and I'm looking back, but, but before we get to that, I just want to start with what it looks like when you're standing before another person, and you're, you're making this covenant of marriage. Now, Okay, I'm going to come back to this photo, okay? I totally don't have these in the right order. Go to the next one. The first couple. Next one. Please. Okay, so something happened back there. Okay, so it wasn't me. Okay, so something happened with our order. This is Leslie and Cardin. This was their wedding that just happened most recently. Uh, this was uh, a fun wedding to do. Again, walking with this couple as they're writing their vows to one another, and you're watching as they're, they're making this commitment to each other. The next one is uh, the, the Bertuzzi's, Michael and Laurel. Now, this one was a fun wedding, by the way, uh, because uh, after the wedding, Laurel's father came to me and says, Andy, uh, do you know where the caterer is? And I was like, hmm, I've never been asked that question before. Uh, And it just so happens that their wedding was at Broadway, and the caterer went to Broadway. But there's two Broadway churches. There's one in Chilliwack, and there's one in Vancouver. Yeah, the wedding was in Chilliwack. There was some great food happening in Vancouver. They made it it back, though. They made it back. The next one was uh, Connor and Rachel. Uh, This wedding was also interesting. This was a first for me. Connor began to barf 15 minutes before the wedding. And uh, Rachel demonstrated just what kind of a wife she would be as, as she's there comforting him. And 15 minutes before the wedding is cleaning up puke. And I'm thinking, this is incredible. Now, Connor and Rachel were the only ones that I officiated this summer that didn't choose to write each other vows. And instead, they, um, they shared with each other um, 
more of a traditional vow, which was kind of amusing because it was the whole um, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. And I just so badly wanted to interrupt at that point and be like, like right now. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Connor made it through the wedding. Uh, the next one uh, was my personal favorite, uh, Heather and Josh, as um, <clears throat> Josh vowed his body to Heather in the wedding. I've never seen that one. And there were many of us men that were married were thinking, I should have thought of that one. <laughs> I vow to you, my body, you can have sex with me whenever you want, right? It's okay. You know, I, it's a burden that I will bear. <laughs> His family, get, like, harassed him so hard with that. To Josh's favor, if you're here tonight, Josh, he was, he was vowing to her that he would be faithful to her with his body. Bless you, Josh. That was fantastic. Okay, you can go all the way back to that wooden photo now. Uh, Nancy and I also uh, wrote our own vows to each other as well. Now, my, our pastor that officiated our wedding, he um, put it together on this plaque for us. This is Nancy and I. This is our engagement photo right there, me with hair. Come on, looking good. And, and it's interesting having you know, watched many weddings, and I'm sure you have as well, as people stand before one another and they pledge each, themselves to one another. And, and here I am, right? I'm 17 years down that road and I'm looking back and I'm, and I'm looking at these vows that I wrote to my wife. And, and here's, what, here's what I wrote to her. Nancy, you're my girl. And as we join hands in this adventure of life, you will find me by your side, a faithful and loyal friend. As a man seeking to be like Christ, my leadership will be God-centered. My devotion to God will be reflected in my life and our relationship. You will be able to count on me in your times of joy and laughter, tears and sorrow. My ears will always be attentive to when you need to talk. It will be my pleasure to always make time for you. I will seek your best interest with an attitude of patience, kindness and respect. In our difficulties, I will not become easily angered nor keep record of wrongs. Instead, my goal will be to communicate love to you. Through the storms of life, I will be a rock for you to find shelter, a person in whom you can always trust. As your husband, I will watch over and protect you. Even my life is not too great a cost for you. As my wife, I will seek your happiness. My love and laughter will forever be your company. I just want you to think about that for a moment. We've been married 17 years. How well do you think I did with that? Have you, ever, have you ever heard somebody vow at a wedding and you're like, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's interesting as I look back at that. I, I can tell you there are some things here that I did well, some things I got right. Nancy, without question, uh, is my best friend. And she is, a, she is a loyal companion that her and I have been on many, many adventures together. Nancy and I have have traveled to over 30 countries together. We've, we've hiked to Mount Everest through Tibet together. We've hiked through the Andes Mountains, through Argentina and Bolivia together. We have scuba dived most of the world's oceans together. We have done a ton of cool stuff together. And I say that, by the way, not because I'm bragging. I'm saying that because I want you to know that marriage is good. Marriage is an awesome and fun adventure, and it has lived up to that. And I am so thankful for marriage and the, and the adventures that my wife and I have been on, and I look forward to the adventures that her and I will go on together. Nancy and I, by the way, are a unique couple in that 
we see each other a lot. One of Daniel's questions was, have, have, do you see each other enough? And, uh, and Nancy's like, uh-huh, we work together. Like, I see Nancy, you know, every day. Uh, I see her at work. I see her at home. I don't grow tired of Nancy. I, I deeply love my wife. But there's been places that I have not done so good. My ears will always be attentive when you need to talk. I don't think I've done so well there. It will be my pleasure to always make time for you. I will seek your best interest with an attitude of patience, kindness, and respect. Or how about this one? I, I will not keep records of wrongs. Well, I've definitely failed there. There are definite challenges to being married, and there's definite challenges to the kinds of vows that people make to one another. Can you, will you actually live up to that? And as I was thinking about it, and as I was just walking through all these weddings this summer, I was thinking about something. And the thought that came to me is, you know, when we vow in marriage to, to our spouse, husband, or wife, really, I want you to think about this with me. If you think about it, what we're vowing to that other person is, is we are expressing who we want to be, aren't we? We're expressing the kind of husband, the kind of wife that we want to be. But we're, we're actually expressing, right, the kind of husband or wife that we desire to be. You, you, you know, you, you're, you're not there. But this is, this is the trajectory. This is where I'm wanting to go. And as I've been thinking about this, what I've been realizing is, is really what, what, what we should have in our minds as we think about this is that we are expressing, um, and if you go to this next, oh, we have these up there if you want to go to those uh, so you can see this. We are, we are needing to express the husband or wife Christ is helping us to become. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are expressing the kind of husband or wife that Christ is going to help us become. What I'm, what I'm saying there is, you know, it's interesting in these vows, I was not that guy, but I'm seeking to be ever increasingly more that guy. And one of the things that I talk about as I walk through uh, premarital counseling with our young adults, one of the things that I talk about at every wedding that I officiate is when we come to that moment where this you know, man and this woman are coming together before God Almighty and they are making this covenantal vow to each other, I make it incredibly clear that on that day they are pledging second place to one another. Second place is being filled today. The reality is, is that first place has already been filled in your life. It's Christ. Your foundation that you have laid is in God. It is in Christ. First place is already taken. Today, second place is being fulfilled. And you need to understand how important that is. Because one of the questions that I ask our young people and that you need to think about is who is qualified to help you to be a good husband or good wife? Who's qualified? Who knows the depths of love? Who understands it? Who has actually lived it? 
Who can teach you to be this kind of man, this kind of woman? And, and, and what I am getting at, and we're going to be talking about tonight, is that it's Christ. It is God at work in your life as you continue to become more Christ-like. Now, this summer, not only did I see a lot of new marriages beginning, but my, uh, my spouse, uh, Nancy, her family, we were celebrating her parents' 50th anniversary this summer. 50 years of marriage. You think 17's a lot. I, I mean, I'm like, that's just unbelievable. They've been married for 50 years. And as they celebrated that monumental you know, achievement, loving the same person faithfully for 50 years, the verse that they chose to mark that occasion was Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. And I got to tell you, I, I, I think this is absolutely the right verse to mark that kind of achievement, as they said, that as, as God's word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if you trust God, if you put your, your faith in Jesus, that he will make your path straight, that he will lead you to a good and flourishing marriage? Do you believe that? I got to tell you, we live in a culture that doesn't believe that. We live in a culture that does the exact opposite. Instead of putting our trust into God, we tend to put our trust in ourselves. And as, and as I've thought about that, uh, and as you and I have watched this play out over and over again, one of the things that I have seen, one of the history lessons that's on repeat is that when you and I put our trust in ourselves, when we put our trust in our self-determination and our self-sufficiency, it always leads to self-destruction. You hear what I'm saying? If you in your marriage seek to place your trust in your self-determination and your self-sufficiency, it will lead to your self-destruction. And I, I know this, by the way, because I have seen it. Not only have I seen it around me, I've seen it in my own family. As many of you know, uh, I come from a, a broken family, a family that did not walk a straight path. My parents separated when I was five. I grew up in a, in a broken, poor home. My mother was a bank teller in Portland, and she provided for four kids and a dog named Fluffy, and she did so faithfully. My mom is a gorgeous woman. And, and those were some dark times. And I, and I had seen broken relationship. I got to tell you that before I got married, I was terrified to get married because I knew what kind of man I didn't want to be. I had seen plenty of brokenness in my life. And I knew that I did not want that kind of marriage. I knew that I didn't want that kind of a life. <clears throat> some of you, I think, know what I'm talking about. Some of you know what it's like to grow up in a broken family. 
Now, there's others, I look around the room and I know that there are some of you that you have an incredible gift that's been given to you. Your, uh, your parents are still together. Some of you haven't seen a lot of brokenness. In fact, there are some of you that have been given an amazing gift that you've seen uh, a husband and a wife, your parents, you've seen each of them founded in Christ, in God, love each other faithfully. I hope you realize what a gift you've been given. Let, hear, hear me, I, wish you, I hope you know what a gift that you have been given. Uh, that is not what I saw. I saw self-destruction. I saw people who hated one another. I saw people who yelled at one another, who fought incessantly. I saw people who were divided from each other. And I, and I remember just so clearly thinking to myself, Lord God, that, that is not the kind of life that I want. But, but where, where do I go? You know, as I, as I think about just in my own life, the, the trajectory that I would go on, I remember when I had a moment with myself, and maybe some of you know what I'm talking about, where I had to wrestle with this. Who are you going to trust, Andy? Are you gonna trust in the Lord with all your heart or are you going to trust in yourself? That was a major moment for me because I was really scared. I remember I'm, I was standing there and I'm, and I'm looking down the corridor of history, if you will, and I'm thinking to myself, Andy, what decisions, the, you know, the different decision that you're gonna make is going to lead to a different outcome down the road. And I was afraid because I was wondering, God, are you really good? If I really do put my trust in you and I, and I lean not in my own strength, but in yours, will you actually make my path straight? Will, will I actually get to an experience a, a healthy relationship? Will I actually get to experience good in my life and not have to experience the brokenness? Now, I'm not saying that life doesn't have its trials. It has its trials. But I wanted to at least know that I would be on the right path. So on that day, I committed my life to Christ. I was 18 years old. And that was an interesting moment for me because it wasn't like I became a, like a believer in God that day. I already believed that God existed. No, that day I decided whether or not I was going to trust him or not, whether or not I was going to follow God or not. That was the question. And as I began to follow him, the first thing that I did is I started to read the Bible and then I started to memorize the Bible because I wanted the Bible to be in me. I wanted these words to be in me as God was leading me. And so I started memorizing a verse here and there. And then I'm like, no, 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 I'm too hardcore for that. I got to memorize a chapter, right? And then I, I find myself a chapter and I memorize a chapter. And then I thought, no, Andy, you can do better than that. You could memorize a book of the Bible. So I went looking for the smallest book in the Bible. <laughs> <coughs> and I found Titus. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I memorized the book of Titus. And I remember just as I drive my car and I just say it over and over to myself, take me five minutes. I knew exactly how long it'd take me to recite it. Five minutes as I just recite it and it just would wash over me. And I remember reading that book, a book in which the Apostle Paul leaves Titus in Crete to set in order all that which remains. I can tell you Titus is always on my tongue. 
And as, as Paul's saying, listen, Titus, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into Crete, and I want you to find godly husbands and godly wives, godly men and women. I want you to set them as leaders in the church. This is how he sets up chapter one. And, and, and if I could just press pause on our talk for a moment here. Can I just speak to you as your young adults pastor? As I think about that, I've got to tell you, being a young adults pastor is a really difficult thing to do. Uh, and this is one of the things that I talk to Daniel a lot about is he and I just are in our mentorship relationship. And I just say, you know, Daniel, this, my thing to him is I say, listen, Daniel, young adult ministry is like an ocean wave. I said, it comes and it goes. And sometimes it comes in as a big wave, sometimes as a small wave, but it always comes in and it always goes out. Young adult ministry is a ministry in flux. I only have you for a limited time. Some of you I'm going to get to share with you one time with. Some of you for a week, some of you with a month, some of you with years. But the thing that I realize is I only have a little bit of time with you, and you are on a journey, and you're just passing through as you're continuing to be a part of the church. And I don't know where God's going to lead you. I see our room tonight, and I know that God's going to be taking you all over the world. But the thing that I know and that motivates me in ministry isn't that, you know, that we're going to become best friends and we're going to serve in the church forever because we're not going to. We only get to serve with each other for a little while. But my goal for you and my, my time spent with you is that like Titus, that, that you would be becoming godly men and women, that you would be laying a foundation that you will bring into your marriage. Now, listen to me here. You don't build this kind of foundation of these vows of who you want to be. You don't build that when you make the vow. You build that before you even come into the marriage with the kind of man and the kind of woman that you are and that you're seeking to be through Christ at work in you. That's what it looks like to have a godly marriage isn't that you're godly, it's that you're on a trajectory of godliness because you're trusting in Christ to lead you. Is, is that where you're at? See, because you think, oh, this thing's about marriage, that's about when you get married. No, no, no. It means right now, right here, who are you? Who do you trust? What's your trajectory? Because listen, some of you ladies, if I could just, you know, some of you ladies are like, man, I want to marry a guy that's godly like my, my dad. Listen, I got to tell you, man, if Nancy came to me and she placed me before her father with 33 years of God working in him through marriage, and I'm supposed to compete with that, listen, trust me, she would not have married me. I was a mess, but I was on the right trajectory. I had founded my life in Christ. She knew who I was committed to. She knew who I placed my trust in. She knew that I was on the right path, and she was willing to journey with me through that sanctification. You know what I'm saying? And as I'm reading Titus, and I'm looking at the kind of man that, that I want to be, as Titus, says, you know, as Titus is looking for men that are blameless and faithful to their wives. I'm like, that's the kind of man that I want to be, as he's talking about the women that will teach and the ones that will be reverent the ones who won't be slanderers or addicted to much wine. And you're like, yes, that's the kind of woman that I want to be. I want to be somebody of respect, somebody that loves and, and cares for people. But the reality is, listen, as, as I was reading this and as I was memorizing it, I got to verse 10 that says, listen, there are many rebellious people. And I, and I was one of those. I knew that. 
I had been rebellious to God for some time. And in verse 15 of chapter one, he says, listen, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those corrupted, um, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe nothing is pure. I also understood that. Listen, if, if, if your foundation isn't right, if you're not on the right trajectory, if you're not on a trajectory of, pure, of purity, of holiness, you're not gonna reach it. And one of the things I began to realize is the kind of people that I was surrounding myself with were not on the same trajectory. And that I needed to, there were some friends in my life that I needed to get rid of because I knew that they were not heading in the same direction I was. He goes on to say here, in fact, both their minds and their conscience are corrupt. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. That was me. Is that you? Is that you? There are some of us that we claim to know God, but by our actions, we don't. We are not placing our trust in him. We're not following after him. And the truth is that I, at one time, was detestable. I was disobedient, and I was unfit for anything good. No question about it. But, and this is the beauty of the gospel that I want to come to as we, as we conclude. Christ saved me. Christ rescued me from a broken, broken life. And he restored me. And I love what Paul says, and we get into chapter three, is he's teaching Titus, and he says, he says, at one time, we too were foolish. We too. We were foolish, we were disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Yeah, that was me at one time. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Man, when I stopped following myself and I bent my knee to the Lord and I committed myself to trusting him that he would lead me, my life turned around. God changed me. God led me. And that path was straight. And I gotta tell you, I was scared because my path up until that point was so crooked, I thought there's no way, God, with all the brokenness that I've seen in my life and that I've been a part of, God, there's no way you're gonna be able to make my path straight. God made my path straight. I gotta tell you, there's an interesting moment that will happen in your lives where you're gonna have these introspective moments, and I had one just recently as my mom called me in September as we celebrated 17 years of marriage. My mom called me and she said, happy anniversary. I said, thanks, mom. And she goes, you know, your father and I were married for 17 years before we separated. And I, and I said, yeah, Go, I, I remember that. And I remember just taking a moment and just, it's one of those moments in your life that you're gonna have where you realize that you're in your parents' shoes. And now you're, you're looking at the trajectory that you've been on and the trajectory that you're going. And it's one of those moments where I just was like, thank you, God, that you are at work in me and that you are leading me because I know that where you have taken me and where I'm going is good. And I know that there are challenges that lay before me, but I wanna go through those challenges of life with you, my Lord. 
and I wanna walk through those challenges with my beautiful wife, Nancy, and our beautiful two boys, and we are going to follow after the Lord because he is good, and he will make your path straight. And there are some of you that tonight, listen, I just wanna encourage you to meet with the Lord because there are some of you here tonight that you are not sure who you're going to trust. And, and I guess what I want to say is, uh, as we close here is that after 17 years, I just want to encourage you that he's good and that you can place his trust in him and he will make your path straight. In fact, I, I, want, to, I want to close by just saying one story, uh, and that is I got something cool that's going to be happening this next uh, week. Um, something, okay, something cool that's not happening this year is that uh, in December, I'm turning 40, okay? I'm 39, and I'm like, Dear Lord, I'm about ready to jump into old age. Like, it's just downhill from here. And Daniel takes it upon himself to remind me frequently. And heading into being 40, uh, I was thinking to myself, Andy, what, you know, what, what should I do for my birthday? You know, how should I celebrate becoming old? <laughs> Some of you are like, you're already old, dude, 39. Like, that's crazy. I'm not old yet, okay? But I was like, what should I do? And I was thinking about going... Um, cage diving with great white sharks in like South Africa or in San Diego. And like, I had it all planned out. And then God like, like just came over me and was like, no, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, yes, Lord, what should I do? And, and, and it was interesting. God was like, Andy, what would you really like to do? And as I was just praying and the Lord was speaking to me, um, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Listen, I love my mama, my mom, Judy Steiger. I love her so much. And uh, my mom raising four kids on her own and, and sacrificing for us. She sacrificed for us over and over and over again my whole life. And my mom has done nothing. She, she just constantly is one of those people that sacrifices for other people. And I thought, you know what? My mom has always wanted to go to the UK. And she has always wanted to go look at castles and, and, and go to those places where Jane Eyre did her writing, right? Like my mom, like a cup of coffee and some Jane Eyre, and like she is loving life, okay? Now my mama, she is 72 years old. She's never been anywhere. And I said, listen, mom, I'm taking you to the UK. This is how I want to celebrate my birthday. And, and she's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no. <laughs> so we planned it a year out, and I'm leaving for Scotland uh, tonight. And uh, I, some of you know I'm doing my PhD out there. But then my mom and my wife, Nancy, are going to meet up with her, us. And we are going to go take my mom on her, like, dream vacation as we help her achieve one of her dreams. And I got to tell you, like, it is so cool to see how following after God, how he has blessed me and has brought me to a place that... I can be a blessing to my own mom and help her to achieve something that she's always wanted to do is she has spent her whole life sacrificing for me. And I know that might seem like a weird way to end this, but for me, man, as I think about what God has been doing in my life and the kind of man that he's helping me to become, helping my wife to become, the kind of marriage that he's helping us to have, it is my desire that it would be the kind that would bless other people because I have been so blessed. And if I could just ask you, man, if I, as, as we head out this next week, if you just pray for us, that we could have just a safe and good time with my mom helping her to achieve her dream, a woman who has sacrificed so much. Listen, as we close, 
I just wanna, I just wanna encourage you to meet with the Lord now as I pray and ask what trajectory are you on? Are you going to trust him that he is good and he's faithful and he's gonna lead you? Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we come before you tonight, Lord, I, I just ask that you would, you would meet with us. Lord, there are so many of us that, that we don't know we don't know what path we're on. We're following after ourselves and, and, and there's a moment that, that we need to make a decision where we continue to follow ourselves, a path that I know and I have seen leads to self-destruction. But God, we know that you are good. And I have seen these last 17 years of marriage that you are good and that you do make our path straight. God, I pray that each one here, Lord, that we would commit ourselves to trusting you, that we would follow you. And God, I just pray that as you bless us, that you would teach us how we can be a blessing to other people. Lord, that we can come alongside even people like our own moms and our dads, our family, and we can bless, Lord, because you have blessed us. God, it's my prayer that we place our trust in you. Praise in your power and name. Amen.